You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Los Angeles Kings. My name is Sarah Avampato. I'm your host, and today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED ON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Today, we're casting our eyes to the greater NHL as we've got some news and stuff that has come up for, you know, the rest of the league that I figured would be a little fun to dive into today. Uh, so the first thing that has come up is the announcement of the, the nominees for the General Manager of the Year Award. This year, the three finalists are Julian Brisebois of the Lightning, Lou Lamorello of the Islanders, and Jim Nill of the Dallas Stars. Voting was conducted by the 31 general managers of the NHL, a panel of league executives, as well as media, and that voting was done after the conclusion of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So this year, First off, I feel like there's a lot of people who are seeing some big snubs in in this list of people who put together pretty stellar teams who did not get the nod. But as many people have kind of put it across the internet, the NHL is all about results. And traditionally, the people who get nominated for this award are teams that are seeing actual, tangible, real results. Uh, these stats come from uh, Scott McDonald, who is a writer for Colorado Hockey Now, uh, and he pointed out online on Twitter that since 2010, which is the first year that the GM of the Year Award uh, has been given out, the award has been given to a team that has made it to the conference finals seven out of ten times. The last five winners of the Cup have all made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Traditionally, the people recognized for this award are people who are seeing success. It is sort of like how if you go back and look at it, a lot of times the winners of the coach of the year award, it's not necessarily because they're great coaches. In fact, many of them have been fired uh, not long after winning that award. A lot of times it just turns out they had a really great goalie that year, or they had someone who was shooting like a million percent. Does that necessarily make them a good coach? Does that make them, you know, the best coach in the league? You know, that that's debatable. The, the argument that always came up was the year before Joel Quenville got fired. And he dragged that team into like some semblance of respectability. You know, they weren't going to make the playoffs. They weren't a great team. There's no secret about that. But what he did with a roster of people who were not good is maybe even more admirable than what the coach of the Stanley Cup winner does. So a lot of these awards, even though it's supposed to be recognizing the best of something, that's not necessarily like there, there's a more complicated calculus, let's say, that goes into it than just the best. We talk about the Vezina or we talk about the Norris. Is the Norris always recognizing the best defenseman in the league? Or is it just recognizing the best defenseman who also happened to score a ton of points? Like there's always debate about these awards. And this GM of the Year award is really no different. Uh, the last three winners, just in case you were curious, Don Sweeney from the Boston Bruins, George McPhee from Vegas, and David Poyle from the Nashville Predators. All three of those teams made it to the Stanley Cup final 
And all three of those teams are kind of known for being juggernauts. So it makes sense that the three nominees this year are all people who are in this final round. Uh, The only one of the four who didn't get nominated this year who is in this final four is Vegas. And, you know, you could probably argue that they've been honored enough already. It is time for for someone else to to take the reins. And you look at the body of work of the three of them. Breezeball and Tampa took over for uh, Steve Eiserman back in 2018 and was responsible for bringing on some free agents who have been doing a lot of big work for the Lightning, as well as signing guys like Braden Point and Andre Vasilevsky long term without breaking the bank and making some good trades, including Barclay Goodrow, former Shark, who has been pretty big so far in these playoffs. And everyone kind of made fun of the fact that Barkley Goodrow got a first round pick or whatever, but I don't know. He's doing he's doing pretty well. Lou Lamorello for the Islanders. This is actually Kind of surprisingly, the first time he's won this award, and I say surprisingly not because I think he is a particularly great GM through his career, but he has just, he's been around for so long that it seems unbelievable to me that he hasn't uh, gotten a nod for this uh, at any point in the past 10 years. Although, thinking about it, uh, the Devils have been really bad, so maybe that's why he hasn't been... uh, hasn't gotten the uh, the nomination for this before. I mean, his biggest accomplishment was hiring Barry Trotz, who has transformed that Islanders team. And, you know, I think some of the wackier decisions the Islanders have made are going to be forgotten about, uh, especially given how successful they are right now. Uh, whenever you look at the young players that they've been able to lock up for, you know, fairly reasonable amounts of money, uh, again, taking a team that was sort of a laughing stock for quite some time, uh, and sort of turning it around. So Lou Emerald for the Islanders and Jim Nill has been slowly but surely doing the work in Dallas. I feel like everyone's kind of made fun of him for the past couple of years because Dallas will make a big splashy move in the offseason and then people will joke like, you know, it's July 1st, Jim Nill's won the general manager of the year award. You know, the jury is still a little out on how some of his additions from the offseason are, are going to be doing, but you, you can't deny the fact that Dallas is here and Dallas is in the Western Conference Final and their major players are all people who have been brought on by Jim Nill. So three interesting characters. I feel like the only other team that people have been sort of raising eyebrows about over the snub is uh, Joe Sackick from Colorado, who has also turned that team around from literally like record breaking lows in the NHL in terms of points and just being awful. And he stayed the course and Colorado's ownership let him take his time to rebuild that team. And now we have a team that is going to fight for the Stanley Cup for years in the future, probably with that young core. So they're probably the biggest snub. No, I don't think that Rob Blake should be getting this award anytime soon. We'll, we'll talk in a couple years, let's let's say and see where the rebuild has gotten us. So that's the biggest NHL news of the day is the announcement of the GM of the year uh, finalists. The winner is going to be announced on Saturday uh, during the games and all that stuff. So tune in on Saturday to whatever game that is and find out who wins. 
Coming up next on the show, we take a look at some coaching rumors out of the Eastern Conference. That is coming up next. But first, let's talk about Built Bar because Built Bar is back. It is better than ever. They took a little time off to come up with some new formulas to make Built Bar even better, more chocolatier. We're going to say that's a word, chocolatier. But they are back now and they've got new flavors like caramel brownie, carrot cake, cookies and cream, and more, plus the original flavors that you already know and love, including raspberry, banana bread, mint brownie, toffee almond. I'm hungry now just reading off this list of names. But Built Bar is available for you online. Go to BuiltBar.com and check out all the things they have to offer. They are healthy. They're good for you. They are low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber. If you're someone on a special diet like the keto diet, uh, it is great for that. There are nut-free versions if you are someone who cannot eat nuts. And really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you are, you know, an Ironman triathlete or if you are just going out and walking your dog. A Built Bar is great for you and gives you that burst of energy that you need to get through your day. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that is promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So the other day I sat down and talked with Nolan and Ethan, hosts of Locked on Red Wings, and we had a little bit of a chat about Jamie Drysdale and some draft rumors that were linking him possibly to the Kings. If you missed that, make sure you go back and listen to yesterday's show as I had the excerpt from that on the show. Uh, You can get some insight into the draft and learn a little bit more about Jamie Drysdale, who, if you have not already, uh, I talk about this in the show, but go do yourself a favor and watch him watch a highlight package of him because he skates like he's in a video game in a good way, not in the like controller disconnected way. So there have been some rumors linking him to the Kings as a possible draft target. Of course, he could grow into being a potential number one defenseman for the future. So, you know, I get it. Uh, so that was on yesterday's show. And then when we were done talking about the draft, we we looked at some more rumors because, you know, this is hockey. This is, uh, there's not a whole ton of actual news to report on aside from the games that are happening. So we love rumors in hockey. And we talked a little bit about coaching, including a rumor rumor that Mike Babcock and Gerard Gallant are both possibly in the running for the vacancy for coaching the Washington Capitals. So I thought that, you know, even though it's Eastern Conference, there's always a lot of interest in what's going on, especially in kind of juggernaut teams like the Capitals and what they're doing behind the bench. So I figured, you know, the conversation would be fun here too. So here it is, the gentleman from Locked on Red Wings and me talking about some more coaching rumors. We've got some weird reports to talk about. Now, we know Mike Babcock very, very well, but you are somebody who covers the entire NHL, obviously, on your podcast. So when you see this report that the Washington Capitals interview Mike Babcock, it was an Elliot Friedman report, by the way. I should probably do some attribution. What What's going through your mind? Because I was, like, shocked that, like, really, already a team is going gonna, gonna to take a – take a chance on that yeah I don't love it a aside from all of the issues with him and the stuff that came out about him you know not necessarily being a nice guy which I don't think we need reports to to know that I think that anyone could have told you that in general as just aside from that it still taps into the whole like all it's all just like recycled it's the same 31 Mm -hmm. guys who just keep moving around from team to team and you know, I know the Caps probably feel a little burned in, you know, the fact that they, they picked someone who, they, who was a part of their system, but, you know, it just didn't work out. So I, I can see them, the organization, wanting to go with someone who has 
a proven track record as an NHL coach. And, you know, I just, I just, I don't, I don't see it being a good fit, especially knowing that Washington is going to be kind of in this transition period of needing to integrate a lot more younger players as some of the older guys move on. And, you know, Ovechkin is great, but like eventually aging is going to happen to him. And, you know, you're going to eventually have to rebuild a little bit. And I don't know, like, I don't think that Mike Babcock is that guy. You know, the teams that he was successful with were teams that were stacked. Like yeah. you could have given anyone the, the job of coaching that team and it would have been fine. So I don't love it even before considering, you know, does he really know what he did? Does he know what he did was wrong? Yeah. Does he understand why this is an issue or is it like, I'm sorry because I got caught. Maybe he has, but I, I just don't, I don't trust it that he is like, become a different person well and the thing with him is like you hear about these legendary coaches over time right and like you know that like some of these legendary coaches are assholes like let's call it what it is and you know like you know obviously here in detroit we know a lot about scotty bowman the psychologist people like that who who use head games to their advantage to get the best out of their players but i think there's still a difference there because all of Scotty Bowman's players look back and say, yeah, you know what? We went through hell, but he knew what he was doing. And I love that guy. Nobody, none of the former Red Wings have said mm -hmm. that about Mike Babcock. Uh, Johan Franzen called him the worst person he ever met. Henrik Zetterberg has said not, you know, has said not so much. Chris Chelios has con gone out uh, after him after the fact. It's just surprising when you have so many like great players in the game, like how many people actually have good things to say about this guy? Yeah, there's no there's no fawning retrospectives on Mike Babcock other than look how many games he won. I think a lot about, you know, it's different circumstances, but Joel Quenville after he got fired from Chicago and he comes from that same kind of mold of older school coaches, you know, he's not afraid to scream and holler at you and, but you know exactly where you stand with him. And, you know, that mm -hmm. part of like old school coaching, I get it. And when you listen to players talk about it, they like that. They appreciate that. It's motivating to them. They don't necessarily want someone to hold their hand. Like, so it's fine. But you didn't hear people, and maybe we will in the future, who knows, but like you didn't hear people coming out and being like, yeah, so Q kind of was a jerk. To, like, you don't mm -hmm. hear that. But like, yeah, I just don't know that many positive, happy Mike Babcock stories that have come out and you would have thought that if people had them, that they wanted to share them, that we yeah. would have had a plethora of like good PR for Mike Babcock. And we've got nothing, just a bunch of people being like you said, like he was the worst person correct. I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, everything you heard, correct. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Do you think this is, I guess, are you surprised that this has come so soon, like since he's been let go by Toronto and his subsequent cancellation on Twitter? not surprised just because of everything we see about hockey culture and everything we see about the excuses people will make for people who behave badly and so I, I'm, I'm not surprised I wish that I was surprised that he his exile had taken a little longer or he had to go to the KHL or something you know that they had to do a little more work before he got back yeah. uh, to this level but I, I just, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I don't, I don't think that as much as myself and like a large segment of fans want this league and this sport to be better and want more from our front offices of being like, yeah, like we actually care about 
not hiring people who are known to be huge jerks. I think that hockey teams see it as money. And so Mike Babcock, you're going to hire him. He's going to cost a lot, but he's probably going to make your team win. More people are going to come see your team. You make the money. Like it's all capitalism, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, uh, he served his sentence being a special advisor for the Vermont university hockey team for a month. Yeah. When, uh, during a time when there was no, uh, university of Vermont. Right. Sounds horrible. (laughs) <laughs> he worked so hard <laughs> yeah really really paid his dues i just feel yeah. like uh ovi and babcock are going to be oil and water like Ooh, yeah like, the thing is the thing is with like the a lot of the and i hope i don't kind of butcher the explanation with of this but like i remember like the thing in detroit was that like he would not listen to he would play his guys too much run them into the ground they wouldn't listen to their actual needs like you know hey it wasn't one of those things where he was like with z and pav specifically like the problem wasn't that he was like benching them or playing head games with them it was that he was running them into the ground 24 7 and they just took a mental beating from that and i just like you know henrik zetterberg and pavel Datsuk, two of the uh you know most low-key you know friendly soft-spoken guys that you know we've ever seen come through this city but then you have alexander ovechkin and that that leader for the players and i just i don't see the you know i just don't see that meshing at all when alex ovechkin has to be the speaker on behalf of the locker room to the coach uh who's trying to install this new culture if you want to even call it that yeah, and I feel like, you know, Barry Trotz, like, turned into the Ovechkin whisperer, essentially, of yeah. really knowing through all of their years together how to manage him, how to manage his minutes appropriately, how to let him play his game, but still get him to buy into whatever structure you're, you're putting out there. And we've seen the evolution of him into being a more three-dimensional, you know, full-ice player and not just the guy who scores goals from the same spot on the ice all the time. He has managed to do, you know, multiple things. Uh, So I I think that, yeah, it's going to be a hard sell. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't see them getting along. I don't see uh, Babcock just, he wants what he wants and Ovechkin also wants what he wants. So that's, that's going to be a nightmare if that happens. (laughs) Well, and as you mentioned too, uh, Gerard Gallant also interviewing for them. Gerard Gallant, I, I always like, every time I hear like a fan base or see a fan base talk about like going after him, there's something in my heart that's like, don't, don't do it. Cause like, I feel like Jeff Blaschel is going to be fired soon and I want Gerard Gallant <laughs> to be there. Like, even if, even if he doesn't get picked as a new coach, like I just want him as a safety net. And he, yeah, he's one of those guys who like, he has this like reputation, uh, you know, and there's a, a segment of hockey Twitter who all, who's like, there's a coach opening. They're like, hire Gallant, hire Gallant. A guy doesn't get fired that many times though, without like, yeah, there's something, there's something there that is keeping him you know, in Florida, you could be like, oh, well, it's because Florida's front office is a mess and they can't get you the team that they want, mm-hmm. whatever. Vegas, like, that was seemed like a very weird knee-jerk reaction, but also they're in the conference finals. So who yeah. knows what was going on with that? But yeah, I just, I, d- I used to be kind of on team, like, hire this guy again, but like, you just keep seeing them cycle through him and like, nothing changes. He never gets over that hump. And he's interviewed team. a, a yeah. couple places. <laughs> too i don't think that's you know what else you got coming on the uh the lockdown nhl podcast the lockdown kings podcast you know i we've 
talked about it before. We got the draft coming up next month. What can people look forward to? Yeah, Locked on Kings. So since we are getting close to the draft, I'm going to be bringing on some experts to talk about some of the top players that the Kings could draft. So to hear more about guys like Jamie Drysdale and Byfield and all them, I'm going to be hopefully highlighting them over the next coming weeks on the show. And Locked on NHL, we are just following along with the playoffs and talking to Uh, hosts from across the network. Uh, This week I talked with all three hosts of teams that went to seven games, uh, which was very exciting because we waited so long for a a series to go to seven Mm -hmm. and then we got three of them. Uh, So just follow along with the playoffs and uh, doing what we can to highlight our hosts uh, across the network who are still playing hockey, unlike uh, us. That is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. There's more tomorrow, including some hockey fun. With me and Jason Hernandez from Locked On Ducks, don't forget to come back and listen to that on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. Until then, make sure you're following me on social media at Right Said Sarah. That's W-R-I-T-E, said Sarah with an H. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Locked On LA Kings. And of course, subscribe to this podcast. If you're new here, if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, go open up that podcast app and hit subscribe. We're available wherever podcasts are found, including Google Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all those great places you can find us. Leave a rating or a review if you like what you're hearing here on this show. And of course, tell all your friends all about it. Make sure if you've got a Kings fan in your life that they are tuning in to this show. So that is it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.